to jump bad, pulling his Roscoe out of his slide. Just then, Grit shouted the cue, telephone for you, interrupting a sure homicide. Everybody froze the spoon and I rose with our pieces in our hands. Spoon scooped up the dough and we moved away slow cause we had other plans. We had made 110 grand on that last poker hand, bringing our total up to 172. I figured we'd pay off grit, then sky up and split now that our work was through. Grit had two of his men escort us back to his den. While two more poses our double, they covered our backs against any sneak attacks in case we should run into trouble. He was beaming with pride when we stepped inside and greeted us like we were his sons. He slapped us five and started rapping this jive about how happy he was that we won. I dig you cats, I dig y'all the way it's at. But y'all gonna have to get up off 60%. You see, I got to give my bosses a cut or else they'll burn my butt. Cause the phone must be behind the rent. Now I know how you feel, but that's the deal. Sorry, but my hands are tied. Them grades got the odds all stacked. Plus, y'all are coming from the back. So please keep your hands from your side. Just turn around slow and hand him over the dough And I'll see to it that nobody gets hurt And if y'all do as you're told You might live to grow old And you won't have to bite the dirt I dropped and spun Firing two rounds from my gun While Spoon covered grit with his shit This caught the grays by surprise And I put two slugs twixt their eyes Then we used grit's body to split we backed out slow, still clutching our dough and using Grit's body as a shield. Spoon had the money in his sack and his gun in Grit's back, so Grit made his bodyguard yield. When we got to the door, we flung Grit to the floor, then fired a few rounds in the air. The shots rang loud panicked the crowd. They all started running for the rear. We cut out for the short to avoid getting caught. Now that the shit had hit the fan, but as we burst through the door, we were chased by four more, and they pursued us in a blue sedan. Fortunately, our hog was fast, and we had a full tank of gas. As I accelerated to 105, but they were hot on our heels in some Oldsmobile wheels equipped with automatic super drive. Headed west on the Crosstown Express to try and shake these chumps. But it became a three-car race when the police joined the chase, and our only chance was to head for the dumps. The sedan broke off the chase when they saw the police enter the case. As the pursuer became the prey, the driver lost his nerve, and they smashed up on the curb and were killed trying to get away. Since we had them both beat from the jump, we arrived first at the dump and pulled into one of the lanes. There were rows of abandoned wrecks, one right after the next, and they were linked by rusted chains. We had played there as kids and had oftentimes hid stolen goods, jewelry, or cash. We would go there a lot to hide stuff that was hot when we couldn't get next to our stash. We stashed our cash in a 12 car from the last, then proceeded to get in the wind, but we were a little too late because they had us cut off at the gate and the police were closing in. Seems they had radioed ahead as our lead on them spread and five more of them had joined the pursuit. We found ourselves surrounded by the man and we were forced to take a stand because the only way out was to shoot. 
They turn their floodlights on, then use the bullhorn to tell us to throw down our arms. They guaranteed us a fair trial if we came out single file and promised that we'd come to no harm. But we could tell by their rap that they were laying a trap to get us to step out in the light. They would shoot a black man to death on just suspicion of theft. So we figured it was better to fight. He shot their floodlights out, then heard their captain shout, Open fire on them, men! They cut loose with a barrage of lead that whistled past my head And the shit hit the fan again They pinned us down with our stomachs to the ground And I knew that we'd have to move fast There was only one other way out and that was by a secret route that we had oftentimes used in the past I told the spoon to go, but he yelled back no And wanted to argue the point But I told him that I didn't have the time Cause I had already made up my mind that he wasn't going back to the joint He mumbled some shit about not wanting to split, then reluctantly got in the wind. He hadn't been long gone when the police came on, knocked down three of them as they were closing in. But the attackers combined, two more came up from behind and shot me before I could turn around. I heard a whip-like crack and felt a sharp pain in my back as I slumped and fell to the ground. They started busting me up good and would have killed me if they could But for this one black cop on the scene They were stomping me to death and I was gasping for breath When he stepped up and intervened When I finally came to, I was all black and blue And one of my legs was in a sling I was handcuffed at the wrist and on the critical list In the prison ward hospital wing Seems they had blown a hole through my chest that almost laid me to rest and put knots all upside my head. I was gagging and choking and my right leg was broken and it was just a miracle that I wasn't dead. I was sentenced to the chair and shipped to Sing Sing from there where I spent the next 12 years on death row. But I kept on copping the stay till the death penalty was done away and after retrial they finally let me go. It had cost me 12 years of my time to realize what a nickel and dime hustler I had really been. While the real hustlers were ripping off billions from the unsuspecting millions who are programmed to think they can win. But fortunately I had escaped from the deathly fate of being fried alive in a chair. Cause in my solitude I found out what's really going down. You see, I had learned the whole truth while I was dead. This here, this is this is gonna be a blues number. But first, I want to do a little bit of background on the blues and say what it is. Like there are six cardinal colors, and colors have always come to signify more than simply that particular shade, like redneck or got the blues. That's where you apply colors to something else, you know, to come up with what it is you're trying to say. So there are six cardinal colors, yellow, red, orange, green, blue, and purple. And there are 3,000 shades. And if you take these 3,000 shades and divide them by six, you'll come up with 500. Meaning there are at least 500 shades of the blues. <laughs> For example, there's the I Ain't Got Me No Money Blues. There is the 
I ain't got me no woman blues. There's the I ain't got me no money and I ain't got me no woman, which is the double blues. And for years it was thought that, that black people was the only one who could get the blues. So, so the blues hadn't come into no international type of fame. But lately we done had Frank Rizzo with the lie detector blues. We done had the United States government talking about the energy crisis blues. And we're going to dedicate this next poem here to, to Spearhead X. The X second in command in terms of this country. And the poem is called H2O G-A-T-E Blues. And if H2O is still water and G-A-T-E is still gate, what we're getting ready to deal on is the Watergate Blues. Let me see if I can dial this number right quick. Click. Click. I'm sorry. The government you have elected is inoperative. Click. Inoperative. Just how blind will America be? The world is on the edge of its seat, defeat on the horizon. Very surprising that we all could see the plot and still could not. Let me do that part again. Just how blind will America be? The world is on the edge of its seat, defeat on the horizon. Very surprising that we all could see the plot and claimed that we could not. Just how blind, America. Just as Vietnam exploded in the rice, snap, crackle, and pop could not stop people determined to be free. Just how blind will America be? The shock of a Vietnam defeat sent Republican donkeys scurrying down on Wall Street. And when the roll was called, it was Pepsi-Cola and Phillips 66, Boeing, Dow, and Lockheed. Ask them what they're fighting for, and they'll never mention the economics of war. Ecological warfare, above all else, destroy the land. If we can't break the Asian will, we'll bomb the dikes and starve the man. America. The international Jekyll and Hyde, the land of a thousand disguises, sneaks up on you but rarely surprises. Yeah. Plundering the Asian countryside in the name of Fu Man too. Afraid of shoeless, undernourished Cambodians, while we strike big wheat bargains with Russia, our nuclear enemy, just how blind America. But tell me, who was around where hell bogs died? And what was the cause of LBJ's untimely demise? And what really happened to J. Edgar Hoover? The king is proud of Patrick Gray, while America's faith is drowning beneath that cesspool, Watergate. How long will the citizens sit and wait? It's looking like Europe in 38. Did they move to stop Hitler before it was too late? How long, America, before the consequences of keeping the school system segregated, allowing the press to be intimidated, watching the price of everything soar, and hearing complaints because the rich want more? It seems that Macbeth and not his lady went mad. We've let him eliminate the whole middle class. The dollar's the only thing we can't inflate while the poor go on without a new minimum wage. But what really happened to J. Edgar Hoover? The king is proud of Patrick Gray, and there are those who say America's faith is drowning beneath that cesspool, Watergate. How much more evidence do the citizens need that the election was sabotaged by trickery and greed? And if this is so, 
And who we got didn't win, let's do the whole goddamn election over again. The obvious key to the whole charade would be to run down all of the games they played. Remember Dita Beard and ITT, the slaughter of Attica, the CIA in Chile, knowing nothing about Allende at this time in the past, as I recollect. Augusta, Georgia, the nomination of Supreme Court Justice to head off the tapes. William Calley's executive interference in the image of John Wayne. Kent State, Jackson State, Southern Louisiana, hundreds of unauthorized bombing raids. The chaining and gagging of Bobby Seale. Somebody tell these Maryland governors to be for real. All of these events yeah. Just to prove That water buggers in the Watergate wasn't no news The thing that seems to justify all of our fears Is that all this went down in the last five years But tell me What really happened to J. Edgar Hoover The king is proud of Patrick Gray While America's faith is drowning Beneath that cesspool, Watergate We leave America to ponder the image of justice From its new wave of leaders Frank Rizzo, the high school graduate mayor of Philadelphia whose ignorance is surpassed only by those who voted for him. Richard Daly, imperial Napoleonic mayor of Chicago who took over from Al Capone and continues to implement the same tactics. George Wallace, Lester Maddow, Strom Thurmond, Ronald Reagan, an almost endless list that won't be missed when at last America is purged. And the silent White House with the James brothers once in command. But see the sauerkraut mafia men Deserting the sinking White House ship and their main, mindless megalomaniac Ahab. McCord has blown, Mitchell has blown, no tap on my telephone. McCord has blown, Mitchell has blown, no tap on my telephone. Haldeman, Ehrlichman, Mitchell and Dean, it follows a pattern if you dig what I mean. Haldeman, Ehrlichman, Mitchell and Dean, it follows a pattern if you dig what I mean. And what are we left with now? Bumper stickers that say, free the Watergate 500. Spy movies of the same name with a cast of thousands And that ominous phrase that if Nixon knew, Ag knew But Ag didn't knew enough to stay out of jail And what really happened to J. Edgar Hoover? The king is proud of Patrick Gray And there are those who swear they've seen King Richard 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 Beneath that cesspool Watergate Four more years Four more years Four more years Four more years of that. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Lenny Bruce. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Like this? <laughs> we had no pants on. Ta-da! <laughs> the Ecumenical Council has given the Pope permission to become a nun. <laughs> Just on Fridays, though. So. I can't work with this thing. It's, uh... Isn't that funny? When backstage, I really loved it. And I fooled around with it, and then 
but I can't. It's too. Um, I'll work around it. Does it look religious? It looks sort of religious, doesn't it? Ladies and gentlemen, the president. Yeah. That's it. That's faith and goodness. And veneer. <laughs> There's more churches and people that work for the church than I think there are uh, courthouses and judges. So actually what it is, Catholicism is like Howard Johnson. And what they have are these franchises. And they give all these people different franchises in the different countries, but they have one government, and when you buy the Howard Johnson franchise, you can apply it to the geography, whatever's cool for that area. <laughs> and then you, you know, pay the bread to the, uh, the main office. Then you have to, you know, keep a certain standard, which is cool. But it is definitely a government by itself. And I think that's what we're doing in Vietnam. <laughs> because the communists are a threat to those jobs. That's where it's at. You know? and, and I think that's what it's always been, that those two factions are always bitching and fighting with each other. And so actually we have the Catholic government inside our government. and they have this bitch with the communists because they're always fighting over the work, you know, and then they, when they take over, they do them out of a gig. <laughs> so what happens is that, because, you know, Catholicism is like, is here, and the people who work for it are here. And that's another big problem, the people can't separate the authority and the people have the authority vested in them. I think you see that a lot in the demonstrations. Because actually the people are demonstrating uh, not against Vietnam, they're demonstrating against the police department. <laughs> Actually against policemen, because they have that concept of, uh, of the law, that the law and the law enforcement are one. And it started, said, well, we have to have some rules. That's how the law starts, out of the fact. Let's see. I tell you what we'll do. We'll have a vote. We'll sleep in area A. Is that cool? Okay, good. And we'll eat in area B. Good? Good. We'll throw our crap in area C. So everything went on pretty cool, you know, everybody's very happy. One night everybody's sleeping, guy woke up, pow, got a face full of crap. <laughs> and he said, hey, what's the deal here? I thought we had a rule. He said, uh, eat, sleep, and crap, and uh, I was sleeping and I got a face full of crap. <laughs> So they said, well, ah, the rule was substantive. <laughs> that's, see, that's what the 14th Amendment is. That's, it regulates the rights, but it doesn't do anything about it. It just says that's where it's at. We'll have to do something to enforce the provisions to give us some teeth. Here's the deal. If anybody throws any crap on us while we're sleeping, they get thrown in the crap house. <laughs> Agreed? Because, well, everybody? Yeah, but what about if it's my mother? 
child. You don't understand. You might as well be the fact. That has nothing to do with it. It's just the rule. Eat, sleep, and crap. Anybody throws any crap on us, they get thrown right in the crap house. Your mother doesn't enter into it. Everybody's mother gets thrown in the crap house. Priests, rabbis, they all go. Agreed? Okay, agreed. Okay, now we're going along very cool, huh? Guy's sleeping, pow, into the face full of crap. Now he wakes up, he sees he's all alone, this guy. And he looks and everybody's having a big party. He says, hey, what's the deal? I thought we had a rule, eat, sleep, and crap, and you just threw a face full of crap on me. They said, oh, it's a religious holiday. <laughs> and uh, we told you many times that you're gonna live your indecent life and sleep all day. You deserve to be thrown crap on you while you're sleeping. Going to sleep all day, and the guy said, Bullshit. The rule's the rule, and this guy started to separate the church and the state right down the middle. Pow! Here's the church rule, and here's the federalist rule. Okay, everything's going on very cool. And the guy said, Hey, wait a minute. Although we made the rule, and how are we going to get somebody to throw somebody in the crap house? We need somebody to enforce it. Law enforcement, okay. Now they put the sign up in the wall, and you wanted law enforcement. Guys apply for the job. Look, here's our problem. See, we're trying to get some sleep, and people keep throwing crap on us. Now, we want somebody to throw them right in a crap house. And I'm delegated to do the hiring here, and uh, so here's what the job is, you see. They, they won't go in the crap house by themselves. And we all agreed on the rule now. And we firmed it up so there's nobody gets out of it. Everybody's vulnerable. They go thrown right in the crap house. But you see, I can't do it because I do business with these assholes. <laughs> and it looks bad for me, you know. Uh, so I want somebody to do it for me, you know. So I tell you what, here's a stick and a gun and you do it. But wait till I'm out of the room. <laughs> and whenever it happens, see, I'll wait back here and I'll watch, you know and you make sure you kick him in the ass and throw him in there. Now, you'll hear me say a lot of times that it takes a certain kind of mentality to do that work, you know, and all that bullshit, you know, but uh, you understand it's all horseshit and you just kick him in the ass and make sure it's done. Right. So what happens is that uh, now comes the riot, or the marches. Everybody's wailing and blah, 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 blah. Now you got a cop there who's standing with a short-sleeved shirt on and a stick in his hand. And the people yelling, Gestapo, at him. Gestapo, you asshole, I'm the mailman. <laughs> Gestapo. Now, what it is, I think, is that people really want to beat the devil. Where that started was with the early, early missionaries, you know. I think they, they didn't really... That's why the people never could really separate the authority and the people with the authority vested in them. Because, you know, with the savages, you know, they would teach them the religion. And after the speech, the savage would go, well, are you God? Said, well, no, but, uh, <laughs> uh, the hell, you know, just, uh, well, never mind that. And, uh, I can do you a favor, you do me a favor, that's all. And, uh, and that's, I think, a hang-up uh, in our country right now, is that, because you always hear that kind of a story about the peace officer who pulled the speeder over and the speeder turned out to be the governor. 
and he had the audacity to give him a ticket. So the fact that people repeat that story so much, that means that people don't believe that the governor could ever get a ticket, man. So then it's just the degree of the law that the governor could break. That means he can kick in the ass or anything, but it's bullshit. It's really not that way. Because everybody's vulnerable. Mm -hmm. Yeah, everybody's ass is up for grabs. It's really a groovy, uh, a groovy system. And I think that, well, the problem I had a long time with understanding the law is because of the language in the law and the fact that instead of taking each word and finding out the case that the word related to, once in a while I get lazy and I would apply common sense. <laughs> and then I got really screwed up. Yeah. And it's, it's really weird, like I went to the Supreme Court three times trying to get a writ of mandamus, and they kept sending it back to the clerk, and they keep saying, and what the language said, append a copy of the order in respect of which the writ is sought. And I keep sending this copy of the lower court, they keep sending me back, we told you to send the copy, in respect of which the writ is sought. Then I dug, in respect of which, they use the word of, like I use the word to. And respect of means this kind of respect. In respect of it. So what they want to the Supreme Court is we want our judgment that these cats should respect us. Now the Supreme Court, right now there's some bullshit now with obscenity. It's been, there's, a, there's an obscenity circus that's been going on for about five years. And I think that, I really can't believe that, uh, that, that it's not settled yet, you know, it's just, uh, an illiterate view of the law is that what's obscene is dirty screwing and fancy screwing. <laughs> and if a guy can tear off a piece of ass with class, then he's cool. <laughs> but if the author depicts factory workers who are not expertise with stage shows, then it's obscene, which is just nonsense. Some of the, well, a lot of confusion maybe with the obscenity laws is this. Is that the, the judges that are confused with it just didn't read, that's all. Here's how it works. If a guy gets busted, see, and he raises a federal question and the appellate court answers it, that answer is mine and yours. That's equal protection from the law. That decision that one court, so in 1933, when a judge got Ulysses try to come in the country, you dig? And the customs and tariff people said, uh-uh, you can't bring your book in, you can't come in the country, it's obscene. So these people said, no, we want the book to come in, and we want to knock off the injunction to restrain, and they move forward. And the judge said, okay, I'm going to read the book, but I'm not going to apply this Hicklin rule anymore. The Hicklin rule says that uh, we should judge this book by the part, the portion of it, to the guy who gets horniest quickest the most corruptible mind in the community. I think, said this judge, we should apply the, man, the average man, the reasonable man, the man with the normal average sex instincts. That ain't that test. The man with the normal average sex instincts to that cat. Then they add the balance. Contemporary to his average age. So to the guy, the average sex instinct to his average age, his society, that's well tested. So that means that that rule 
when any judge has to judge any work, he always has to apply that rule first. No, that was cool. Now it goes, they said, well, we better narrow it because what's happened here is that there's a lot of works of art that may get people horny. And there's a Los Angeles ordinance now in 1961. This guy got busted behind. And uh, the judge said, I don't need any art critics. I know what's obscene. But the judge didn't know in that local court that that wasn't the question the guy was asking. He said, this ordinance is unconstitutional because it doesn't have knowingly in it. And that's the principle of the whole American law system, your intent. So how could I know it, schmuck, when these people told me in the book jacket that this is art? <laughs> so it doesn't, the intent has to be there. So the lower court said bullshit, and the Supreme Court said bullshit to the lower court. <laughs> and that's when I started getting into trouble. <laughs> because from 61 on came the argument between petulant lower court judges and the Supreme Court and spoiled, rotten DAs. <laughs> when they lost the case, the city attorney in Los Angeles, every time he'd lose in Washington, I'd get my ass kicked when he got home. <laughs> Just bitching, bitching, bitching. And still freak the Supreme Court, they keep moving ahead and moving, they're gonna do it their way. Now comes California legislature, 1961. And the legislature here are geniuses, and they came up with some capital words. They said, What's the sense of making the artistic merit of a work a defense to a prosecution? Because after the guy's busted, his ass is in jail. Then he has to defend himself. Let's take it out of the defense to a prosecution, move it to an element of the offense. Now it's a crime to be utterly without artistic merit. That means the guy who makes the complaint, the burden is on his ass to prove it. He's got to schlep up 50,000 art critics. <laughs> and after they, if they would accomplish that, now a lot of people say, well, geez, can't you find anything that's obscene? Is, is there nothing obscene? Why we have this desperate need for it now is because so many lawyers lost their ass on it that it seems only right that we should have it. I mean, you mean to tell me nobody can commit treason? I mean, Christ, I mean, and then to you nothing's treasonous. No, it's very tough. It's very tough to stop the information. That's where it's all it's at. Because the word the guy says is of no consequence. What the Constitution forbids is any bar to the communication system. They want nobody to abridge the right to say it one time and one time to hear it. Nothing in the middle. Nobody to tell you beforehand that this isn't too cool. Because the information makes the country strong because a knowledge of syphilis is not an instruction to get it. <laughs> and only if the country can know about, that's why the church and the state have to be separated all the time. Because the church only wants certain kind of information from their government. But since we have a lot of churches and a lot of different people in this country, we gotta know about all the bad, bad shit. The worst of everything the knowledge of it to be protected against it. Because if you don't have the knowledge of it, and you just know about the good, and they just let the good come through, seeping through what they think is good, you end up like Hitler. Because he really got screwed around by that. He kept saying, am I doing all right? You're doing great, they love you. 
Don't bullshit me. I'll eat someday you don't like me. They love you. Don't listen to those liars. Kill him who said that. And really got to separate the judicial, executive, and the legislature. And the most dangerous department, just the department itself, is the police, the district attorney. Not the man, but the department is very dangerous for him because it'll gobble him up. And the whole reason for the Constitution was that there was like one king. He was the execution of everything. So they said, how we'll do it now, we'll really make it safe. We vote on the rule, eat, sleep, and crap. That'll be the law, constant. Then if anyone busts us for eat, sleep, and crap breaking the rule, they have to go first to the judge. The judge has to look up the book and then it'll make a round robin. Otherwise, no one guy. But what happens, $200 police undercover girl investigation. $200 call girls. Now, there was no warrant for search. Now, the, the Fourth Amendment and all those things because of bad kiss-ass newspaper have been turned into protection for thieves. They're not. It's to protect the executive branch from becoming thieves. Because what happens is that without judicial superintendence, in other words, if, if the executive branch can make any inquiry at all without judge signing it, then he can go to the whorehouse every night. And he can spend 200 bucks a night getting laid every night. When he gets caught, what are you doing? I'm investigating. <laughs> but if he's got a whorehouse warrant for search, then there's no bullshit. Then when the crap rule comes in, you, 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 and you, no, investigating, there it is, cool. Describing particularly what I was searching for, what the complaint was. Because what happens is that you've... The money spent on a two-month undercover investigation of hookers, maybe $15,000, now when you go to court, the whore is on the stand, she's not going to say she got $15,000. She's going to say, I didn't get a nickel. Cop's going to say, what do you expect from whores? Maybe he didn't get the 15 grand. And that's where, that's always the desperate need to control vice. That's what, all the, that's what all pornography is. If you check the records, there's not one citizen that bought a dirty book. Every case has been initiated by the police department. So it's not literature, they just big smoke screen. There's money spent on those books. A fortune pissed away. How many copies of Henry Miller? And they don't even read them, it's all bullshit. Uh, Five dollars, okay, three dollars, certificate, slip, slip. Yeah. Then when it really gets dangerous is, see what happens, it's the poor people who, who get like hung up with, the, with good and evil except, instead of right and wrong. It's like prohibition. Chicago is still crippled from that, from the disease of prohibition. Because what happened is that the moralists who thought they were moral didn't realize what was happening. They kept saying, yes, keep the prohibition on. Meanwhile, the cops are making bread and gamblers and nafkas and swinging. Because when it's the law out in front, then nobody has any excuse. No priest can be in a whorehouse blessing, kissing them, saving them. No cop can be, no bullshit. Everybody's up for grabs, that's it. Stay out of there, that means everybody. No protecting, no local home rule whores.
I love words. I thank you for hearing my words. I want to tell you something about words that I, uh, I think is important. I love, as I say, they're my uh, work, they're my play, they're my passion. Words are all we have, really. Uh, we have thoughts, but thoughts are fluid, you know. And then we assign a word to a thought. And we're stuck with that word for that thought. So be careful with words. I like to think, yeah, the same words, you know, that hurt can heal. It's a, it's a matter of how you pick them. There are some people that aren't into all the words. There are some people that would have you not use certain words. Yeah, there are 400,000 words in the English language, and there are seven of them you can't say on television. What a ratio that is. 399,993 to seven. <laughs> they must really be bad. They'd have to be outrageous to be separated from a group that large. All of you over here, you seven. Bad word. That's what they told us they were, remember? That's a bad word. No bad words, bad thoughts, bad intentions, and words. You know the seven, don't you, that you can't say on television? Shit, piss, fuck, cunt, cocksucker, motherfucker, and tits, huh? <laughs> Those are the heavy seven. Those are the ones that'll infect your soul, curve your spine, and keep the country from winning the war. Shit, piss, fuck, cunt, cocksucker, motherfucker, and tits. Wow. And tits doesn't even belong on the list, you know? Yeah. That's such a friendly-sounding word. Sounds like a nickname, right? Hey, tits, come here, man. Hey, tits. Hey. Hey, tits, meet toots. Toots, tits, 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 man. Sounds like a snack, doesn't it, huh? Yeah. Yes, I know, it is, right, a snack. But I don't mean your sexist snack. I mean new Nabisco tits. The new cheese tits. And corn tits and pizza tits and sesame tits, onion tits, tater tits. Bet you can't eat just one. Huh? That's true, I usually switch off. But I mean, that word does not belong on the list. Actually, none of the words belong on the list, but you can understand why some of them are there. I mean, I'm not completely insensitive to people's feelings. You know, I can dig why some of those words got on the list. Like cocksucker and motherfucker, those are... <laughs> Those are heavyweight words, you know. There's a lot going on there, man. Besides the literal translation and, and the emotional feeling, I mean, they're just busy words. You know? There's a lot of syllables to contend with. And, and those K's, those are aggressive sounds. They jump out at you, man. Cocksucker, motherfucker, cocksucker, like an assault on you, you know? So I can dig that. Now, we mentioned shit earlier, of course, and uh, 
Two of the other four-letter Anglo-Saxon words are piss and cunt, which go together, of course, but forget that. <laughs> little accidental humor I throw there. Piss and cunt. The reason that piss and cunt are on the list is that a long time ago, certain ladies said, those are the two I'm not going to say. I don't mind fucking shit, but P and C are out. P and C are out. Which led to such stupid sentences as, okay, you fuckers, I'm going to tinkle now. And of course, the word fuck. The word fuck. I don't really, well, here's some more accidental humor. I don't really want to get into that now. Because I think it takes too long. But I do mean that. I mean, I think the word fuck is a very important word. It's the beginning of life, and yet it's a word we use to hurt one another quite often. And, uh... People much wiser than I have said, I'd rather have my son watch a film with two people making love than two people trying to kill one another. And I, of course, can agree. It's a great sentiment. I wish I knew who said it first, and I, I agree with that. But I'd like to take it a step further. I'd like to substitute the word fuck for the word kill in all those movie cliches we grew up with, right? Okay, Sheriff, we're gonna fuck you now. <laughs> But we're gonna fuck you slow. So maybe next year I'll have a whole fucking rap on that word. I hope so. Uh, there are two-way words. Those are the seven you can never say on television. Under any circumstances, you just cannot say them ever, 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 not even clinically. You cannot weave them in on the panel with Doc and Ed and Johnny. I mean, it's just impossible. Forget those seven. They're out. But there are some two-way words, those double-meaning words. Remember the ones you giggled at in sixth grade? And the cock crowed three times. Hey, the cock crowed three times. Hey, hey it's in the Bible. Hey. There are some two-way words, like it's okay for Kurt Gowdy to say, Roberto Clemente has two balls on him. But he can't say, I think he hurt his balls on that play, Tony, don't you? He's holding them. He must have hurt them, by God. And the other two-way word that goes with that one is prick. It's okay if it happens to your finger. Yes, you can prick your finger, but don't finger your prick. No, no. Anytime? <laughs> Anytime you're feeling lonely. Little song. We're sitting here with Mr. Frankie Fontaine, the king of genital rock, and Frankie's just come back from his big Russian tour. And Frankie, you've had so much success. Yes, I have. He's in, and I'm planning on having a whole lot more. Well, why don't you get those genitals in tune and rip one off for us? As uh, a matter of fact, I'll rip off a couple for you. Here's a couple of my bigger ones, he's in. I got no objections to a French kiss. Under a starlit Paris sky I got no objection to making memories 
Even though you're sucking some other guy And that ain't right But since you lost your hands at the factory You can't get me off no more It seems the honeymoon's over Your hooks fell on the floor And keep those rusty hooks away from me You almost ripped it off yesterday Baby, baby, keep those rusty hooks away You rip it off today It's another big one from a couple of years back, folks I fell in love with a lovely Jewish girl Ooh, her folks found out I'd been never circumcised can I say when my baby smiles and says hello I know the skin will be the first to go oh yeah skin is gonna be the first to go no sense in keeping it too much longer Oh yeah, the skin, the skin, get that skin on 